Hello, 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 hola to you. This is the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 29. I am your humble host, Chris Latori. How are you? Hope you're doing well. And put your big boy pants on. Buckle up. This is going to be a fun show. I've got two comic book feel-good factoid freebies. I read 16 comic books this week. I make seven recommendations. Seven made the top picks of the week. And if you don't already do so, please follow us at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And write me, Chris, at sunspotscomics.com with recommendations, with something maybe you reviewed, with just a toy or a fun comic book-related item that you found interesting. Hit me up, and if I actually discuss you on the show, you will win a prize, and I will mail it to you, and it will be a fun comic book-related prize. So jump on that, into it, get some. And I'm going to jump right in this week, actually, with some pretty major big news. This is an announcement that I've just been excited just to, to, just to tell you. I'm just giddy, just getting ready to talk about it. I've uh, been working on a comic book. I have successfully six pages scripted. The comic book is, is called Zombie Destroyers. And you can check out the website. Really, it's just a baby bird of a splash page of a website, zombiedestroyers.com. And the news is that I have a artist friend named Jordan Hudson, who if you want to learn a little bit about J- Jordan Hudson, check him out on podcast issue number 22 of Sunspots Comics, where I talk about how we met and how we bumped into each other and et cetera and had a nice little conversation. So check out podcast issue number 22 to learn about Jordan Hudson. But he has signed up. He's put pen to paper and he's going to be doing issue number one of Zombie Destroyers. And I'm here to give you a little blurb about it. So tell me if this sounds interesting. You have, and this, I, I got to keep it, um, you know, just it's just a teaser. So don't expect too much. But four heroes, one mission to destroy zombies. That's right. They're not trying to survive. They're not trying to just get by. They have a singular mission, and that is to eradicate, to wipe out and destroy zombies after this zombie apocalypse hits, hits the earth. And they have powers, and they're very different, and they're dysfunctionally functional. And that's about all I'm going to tell you. So it's going to be fun. It's a, just one of those, I guess you call it, passion project. I've been reading comic books for 30 years, and I'm basically the only guideline I have for this comic is to be true to myself and write what I love. Um, and I think that what I've written so far, it has me in there in lots of different ways. So it's uh, hopefully in about a year. I'm marking it down now on the calendar. November 2016, I'll be releasing it in on paper form because I am a truest a, a, to the paper media, form of media. I will be putting uh, some of the pages maybe in order on zombiedestroyers.com so I will be making another announcement soon as to when say finished page one will be posting and we'll probably do it in black and white on the website and then when we release it onto paper and collect it uh, we'll have it colored probably Jordan Hudson will be coloring I hope so he's an amazing artist and colorist please check him out on Instagram at Jordan Hudson underscore art and I'm making sure I got that right, but I'm pretty sure that is correct. His art is gorgeous. I mean, he has this such a such a clean style. It reminds me of like Michael Turner. That just comes into pops into my head. Uh, uh, the late Michael Turner. That kind of style is, I would say, probably subconsciously, is where some of his art it, it comes from. He uh, oh Jordan underscore Hudson underscore Art. Please check him out. But it will be coming soon, Zombie Destroyers. I can't wait to tell you more about it and to show you some of it and to just introduce it and unveil it to the planet Earth. 
And uh, it's been my dream forever with the 78 years of reading comics to actually make something and produce a comic that it has just my heart and mind. My luscious, beautiful, silvery nerd heart. But keep uh, keep posted, folks. Keep uh, keep an ear to the to the headphone. Keep an ear, yeah, uh, about the zombie destroyers. The the comic book coming soon to you. So that's the big news. And let's jump right into the comic book feel good factoid freebies. I have just two this week. The first one comes from CPR.org. How comic books help some Colorado inmates gain new skills. Now. Everyone in the world is always talking about, you know, inmate reform and do we just lock them up or are we trying to design some programs to do something to help inspire to maybe at least inspire someone to further their education or just read some more to expand their horizons. Well, they've, they're finding that comic books are really bridging that gap. It's, it's becoming a successful program. They have a program in the Denver uh, Boulder County Jail uh, they call the Lead with Comics and fantastic they're just putting a, a, a mixture of all types of comic books on the table and having discussions about it having them write reports on it and it's just i guess their studies have shown that for people that are really hesitant to read or even have difficulty uh reading and feel uncomfortable comic books are a great way to to introduce to to splash their brain into a into accessing a, a different part of their brain that puts them a little at ease and makes them want to read so very, very cool. I think uh, any time that they can use the comic book media to inspire people to further themselves or just to make them ask that question, why? And wow, this is a whole different realm of the world that I never knew was there. Comic books. So that's the first one. And the second and the final comic book feel-good factoid freebie comes from buffalonews.com titled, and this is a crazy story, Woman Gets 20 Years uh, in a Comic Book, She Gets 20 Years in Prison in a Comic Book Plot that led into a Medina man's death. So it's a little dark, a little morbid, but I don't know. I saw a little sunshine in this, and it's pretty crazy. I just have to read part of it. A deadly plot to steal valuable comic books from an elderly Medina man that must be the city near Rochester, uh, New York, to uh, for an elderly man that uh, will send a Rochester woman to prison for 20 years. This Arlene Combs, who's 30 years old, admitted to taking part in a plan to steal the $30,000 comic book collection from this guy, Homer... Marciniak, a 77-year-old retired janitor, and that Marciniak actually died as a result of this robbery, but she pleaded guilty to racketeering, and I guess they're still trying to throw the book at her, um, and she's going to be getting 20 years for now, and I guess she's up on other charges, and she was the ringleader of this, and at least they caught her, and hopefully, I, this is a maybe a, a shout-out to a local comic book shop in the area. I've seen this in the past. I hope I hope some people in that area step up, maybe help the family out with some of those those you know services, the fees, and to help the family. Um, I've seen it. Comic book shop owners and communities quite often get together for something like this. This guy spent his life gathering comics that were worth a lot of money, and I'm sure his his family, um, you know, is dealing with this tragic story and horrible. I, th I hope they not only just throw the the book at this uh, lady. I hope they throw the, the, a large stack of comic books at her. Just over and over. Just just chuck them at her head continually for eternity. Um, <laughs> yeah, when, when one day when she makes it to hell, that should be your punishment is they just throw stacks of comic books at her, at her forehead for, for all of eternity. But 
So there you go. That's the uh, second comic book feel-good factoid freebie. Interesting story. I'm surprised it didn't make a little bigger headlines, but I like to find those little juicy nuggets, those little off-the-beaten-path things. And this was, I thought, an interesting story. So those are the two feel-good comic book feel-good factoid freebies of the week. So that being uh, out of the way, let's jump right into my favorite part of the show, which is my favorite comic book weeks for New Comic Book Day, November 11, 11, 11. And there were 16 comics that I read, and seven of them made the top picks. These are my recommendations. I do recommend you go out there and buy them on paper, support your local, local comic book shop, and buy these. They are absolute winners. I read them not once, twice, I don't know, maybe three times. Who knows? I like to just keep my eyes on the art for a long time to really let it soak into my soul. And this week's art cover winner was The Mighty Thor number one. Just gorgeous. And I'll post something on that Instagram so you can see it, at Sunspots Comics. And the art winner, I have to say, is Huck number one, which we'll get into that. It also made the top seven, Huck. And this week's new number ones... And I have a, a comment to make about new number ones. But this week's number ones, there was one, two, three, four, five. And only of the five, two of them made it to the top seven. But I think from now on, DC and Marvel Comics, if they're a new number one on an existing character, I don't think I'm going to count them or consider them as number ones. I'm just getting a little burnout on Marvel and DC continually just reissuing every couple of months a new Iron Man number one. They just, you know, it's just a little taxing. It's a little, little bit much. Just go back to regular numbering, please. Um, you can always put one of six of story arc, and it's Iron Man number seven hundred twelve, whatever it is. That's just anyway. That's my little soapbox moment. Soapbox moment about that. And anyway, so let's uh, break down then into the top seven comic book picks of the week. Please go and buy these. I highly recommend them. Coming in at number seven is from Abstract Studio, Mr. Terry Moore artist, creator, writer, Rachel Rising, number 37. And this comic book is the story of this this witch that has come back to life. And I have to say, this has very strange paper stock. It even has a strange scent to it, very high-end high newspaper-grade scent to it. So if you're into that, it's pretty crazy. It's very, it's very pungent, and it, uh, it's a little bothersome, I must say. But it's a black-and-white comic about this insane witch that comes to life not really witch. I mean, who knows? She she could be this sort of sort of god, sort of angel, fallen angel. And this is the story of someone that's just sort of on their tail. Um, she's going through this strange seance in a front yard of adding this weird rubber-like substance on a dead body and going through some sort of strange witch-like seance with this uh, dead body on the front lawn. And uh, it's rather creepy. It's such a very ominous tone. But I, I dug it. Even though it's in black and white, it, it just has such rich, detailed art from Mr. Terry Moore that it, it just so clearly evokes a very clear picture of the story he's trying to convey. It's always in the eyes. It's in the eyes and, and the eyebrows that, that show the, you know, the furrowed brow and these expressions. The close-up on the main character's eyes, the, the female here that is, looks like she's an evil demon monster of sorts that's that's going about to be injected into this story uh, is you know she has nothing but mischievous thoughts and death on her lips as far as our main character Rachel Rising goes. So it's just kind of a very silent introduction actually. Very very light in the dialogue area but she just has a tussle with this neighbor 
that the neighbor is just telling her, hey, you're burning a corpse in your front yard or you're burning something not cool. And, uh, yeah, she, she takes this neighbor's head right off with her pet wolf. So, yeah, sets a tone. Bad guy a-coming. Baddie in the neighborhood. Look out. That's my number seven. Number six is from Marvel Comics, Star Wars. Number 12 uh, from Marvel Comics by Art by Stuart Eminem. I have to say, I hope that he, I've said this before, I'll say it again, he must write or draw Star Wars until the end of time. His art is gorgeous. And this is Luke in the Gladiator Arena, screwing things up, of course, just being very Luke-like. And, oh, I wanted to go into town and get some, some Kashi converters and whatever. He just seems whiny. He can't get it together. He can't fight this crazy, this impaler beast in this Gladiator Arena. So his buddy's got to come save him. Chewie's there throwing people off of cliffs. And <laughs> there's a, a moment here that I thought was hilarious when... Oh, hilarious and exciting at the same time. Where R2 just uh, shoots out, um, looks like 15 lightsabers out of the top of, of the top of his dome, and you have a uh, team temporary Jedi of of Han, Leia, and Chewbacca all with lightsabers in their hands. Just kind of exciting, kind of. And he says, "I'd settle for a good blaster." I mean, they he totally nails. Uh, I have to say the the Jason Aaron just nails the vo- the voice and tone of Han Solo. He just captures it so perfectly and you hear it in your head and it just it so goes together quite well it's like like oreos just just creamy in the center he just knows how to do it right and this just is a gathering of the team after hijinks ensue and leia um actually goes to save quote unquote mrs han solo who admits it was a dastardly scheme they put together and faked a wedding or something of that nature so yeah han's not married but it's it's just it just so captures the tone i mean if you're caught up in episode seven that's coming soon this just taps upon that nostalgic feel it fits in nicely to the the story arcing and star wars universe they've already done so such a beautiful job on painting such a beautiful picture it just ties in well plays well and the art is gorgeous that's why it's my number six pick of the week by star wars always consistently solid all 12 issues so far and the next one up my number five pick of the week is from marvel comic comics star wars number one vader down vader down and this is also written by jason aaron so fantastically keeping it in the family there he's doing star wars mike diodato who I've loved his work over the years. Seems like I haven't seen him in a while, so it's nice to see you, Mike. Thank you for doing the art on this. He has his own fresh take. The lines remind me of a modern modern day... Well, it is a modern day. It just has sort of the, the essence of the 70s Star Wars comics. Just like the way he draws Darth. It has a... a his dome is, is a little rounder on the top, the the, the Vader mask. And, and oh, when he draws the layout of Darth Vader's ship just going head first into a just a large squadron of tie fighters it's gorgeous and this is where uh, vader's on hot on luke's trail kind of ties right into star wars i'm glad i read them in order maybe do that read star wars 12 first then vader down number one and he's he's hot on luke's trail and he's got a hot lead he's going after him he doesn't care who's in his way this just reestablishes darth 
as an amazing badass. That's why I think I loved it so much. He goes head into these TIE Fighters, goes full on into this insane numbers, using the Force, destroying ships left and right. Luke's got to do his Red 5 standing by and flies in, and it's very little dialogue, whole lot of space sci-fi action, blast of fun, let me tell you. And Vader makes it past this gigantic squadron and onto land, and he's ready to... He's ready to, to, to roll some heads, and uh, it's a blast, it's fun, it's so beautifully colored, it, again, just captures, it's what you want in a Star Wars comic, it's what you want in Darth Vader, for him to, for him to be a bad mofo, so hats off, enjoyed it, that's why it made the top seven, and you should buy it. And the number four comic book of the week, my pick is uh, Batman, Europa, number one of four. This is, again, was one of those number ones, but at least it's a mini, uh, Team, Casali, Azarello, uh, Kuman Coley, Lee, and Sinclair. And Jim Lee sort of finished the art on this, and you can tell it has his style. Extremely very little dialogue at the beginning. This is like a romp over to Europe, but the Joker's involved, and Batman gets injected with a virus, and so does the Joker. And the two of them have to sort of team together. I would say that was one little aspect that I was like, hmm, team together? Come on. I don't know. But you believe it. It's believable, but the art is gorgeous. It's what you want. Batman, all gashed up, Joker there, they just went through bashing each other's skulls in, and I want to see more of that fight, but you just get a little taste of the end of it. But it's such a beautifully finished piece of art, and just iconic looking Batman smashing through windows, swinging through town, the Joker interaction, the dialogue, real quippy, real smart, uh, minimal, very minimal art uh, uh, dialogue. And it, uh, he does a lot with the evoking of emotion in the face to kind of tell this story. And it's a great little number one, really getting you interested, like, what? Where is this going? How do they both have the same virus? How, how, where did they get the same virus? Why do they need each other? Is this, this just the Joker's master scheme? Lots of questions, but I'm in. Plus, it's only a four, you know, miniseries arc. Got to do it. And uh, number, going into number five... Is uh, is that my number five? Yeah, four, one, two, three, four, yeah, five. Is uh, the Mighty Thor number one by Jason Aaron? <laughs> He's just he seems to be writing all of the comics this week. Might as well just give him credit for everything. Uh, art by Russell Dowderman, gorgeous art, and the coloring artist Matthew Wilson, beautiful, beautiful coloring. I have to say, hats off. It's just so bright. It's just rainbow colors from space to a beautiful sunny day to sitting in a cancer ward that that's where it got heavy for me they showed the, uh, you know jane foster who, who is thor in a cancer ward taking chemo and she describes it he, he does, jason Aaron is a great he must have as a lot of us have uh, had someone in his family or loved one go through such you know chemo and th through cancer as i mean gosh how can everyone has someone right it's horrible freaking cancer and um it really paints a ultra realistic feel and moment here of her taking chemo and then she reveals that sort of a smartly written part of it that each time she just turns into Thor and grabs Mjolnir to save the day for various things and the world uh, blowing itself up the chemo eradicates itself so it's not helping her body so how can she keep this up how can she be Thor when it's negating these the chemo that she needs to fight cancer 
So it's she's doing all this good, but at the same time, it's just eating away at her. So kind of an interesting pairing there, an interesting uh, writing. You wonder where that where is that going? Like, how can they continue that? And she refuses to take any magic power, so she wants to fight it in her mortal being that way. And pretty gloomy. And then then right then you go into this explosion, this world of color, setting up that Loki is plotting and masterminding, of course, again and. You still have this dark elf that is partnering with that, um, I think it's uh, that Raxon or Maxon, that corporation. He's like a Tony Stark guy that is trying to take over the world by, by drilling oil in Asgard somewhere. So crazy uh, tie-in, and you know they're, they're going to be teaming with Loki, and it's going to get gruesome. But just a nice little splash, little change. Original Thor is mentioned. Where is he? Why isn't he part of this? Maybe he will be soon. I'm not sure. But interesting and well done. And she is worthy to carry Mjolnir. So she is Thor. And the beautiful wraparound cover uh, with just about every character from even Beta Ray Bills on there and Hercules and Odin. And uh, they're all in there. And it's just gorgeous. There's so many intricate details you have to look at for this three page splash wraparound cover. They're absolutely gorgeous. And on the back side of the three-page cover, there's a black and white version of it. I just want to color it, but oh my god, I would never do that. No. But it's it's just gorgeous. They probably did a comic book version of this. No, that's Marvel. But anyway. And number two. Um, so yeah, I know. If my numbers are off, I'm sorry. But here's the number two. And it, uh, man, it was a one and two. Again, tough. They both could have been number ones. Very, very good. But number number two is Huck, number one by Image Comics, from uh, writer Mark Millar, and art by Raphael Albuquerque, and colorist Dave McCaig. And this is an Americana, uh, beautiful, some Americana, it's just it's a slice of Americana, and it's heartwarming, and if you don't smile after reading this comic, something is wrong with you, with your very spirit, and you have to question your very soul. But it's ultimately of like kind of a Superman character, but he's a blondie, Living in this very, it almost looks like it's the 50s. Yeah, the, the cars seem to be older. And this just very Rockwellian, Americana-like city where he maybe has special abilities, but ultimately his mission, his goal is to do good deeds in this town. Not really, uh, he's very selfless. Very, He doesn't require any thank you. He doesn't... In the night, he doesn't want to be seen. And he's, there's little things from finding someone's ring that's at the bottom of this lake to helping people in a drive-through to just small things in this little town. And you realize by the end, he's jumping. He's, he's jumping out of the small pool into the big boy pool, and he cannot keep his secret anymore. There's a reporter that's in the town, and that maybe is going to just break this thing wide open. So I'm in. I'm absolutely interested. Huck number one, and you must add that to your subscription list. It is fantastic. Well done. Beautifully drawn, and I tell you, the art is gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Well, coming in at number one, the number one pick of the week for comic book, new comic book day, November 11th, 1111, is Tokyo Ghost number three from Image Comics. This is uh, written by the master Rick Remender. Uh, Sean Murphy Art, also co-creator there too, and beautiful colorist uh, Matt Hollingsworth, who hats off to you, Matt, and I know you love pink, because pink is on every single page. 
He just loves pink. I'd say it consumes somewhere about 40% of every single page. He just loves pink. But this is... The reason I think I really super enjoyed this was because it very much reminds me of the movie with Tom uh, Cruise, uh, The Last Samurai. I know. Uh, uh, critically, I think uh, it was okay. But I just loved that movie. It was this this jaunt into Japanese samurai culture. And this has that as well, but in a, of course, futuristic twist. It's where everyone is so cybernetically enhanced and so plugged into the internet 24 hours a day and has all these neural implants and nanites and etc. The world we live in, in this planet, that's just desolate and, and post-apocalyptic and um, just, the, you hardly see the sun. It's just gloomy and dark and crazy. They've, there is this village, this town, this this little little area that is very Japanese-like. They unplug, and they have sort of a way of life there, a very zen-like, samurai, hippie way of life there, uh, with their swords and everything, and sort of a code and a rule book. And our main character characters are looking for someone, ultimately, to get off of the, the dime of... Uh, of a like a local gangster, drug dealer, etc., and they hide out in this village and uh, they drink the Kool-Aid. They don't at first, but there is a a woman there that is like a healer that has these special healing abilities, and uh, our our main character uh, is is on the juice, and she is able to sort of help him and sort of detox and have him eating regular food and staying off this this neural drug even when he's vomiting and having his uh withdrawals there's like nuts and bolts coming out of his mouth i thought that's strange he's like vomiting green and and nuts and washers and bolts <laughs> so the the girl of in the in the character debs um is who he, he calls her um she's clean she doesn't have imp implants she's she's absolutely that moral compass uh, she sees good in teddy which you don't really see a lot of it so earlier on in one and two and in this one you really do sort of get to see his heart he sort of has that awakening and realizes uh, that he didn't need all the juice and the implants and the neural stimulators and all the things that their normal world offers and so he gets to see like a glimpse like an awakening and she realizes why she's in love with him and it's it's very it taps onto the love story aspect and it's they have just moments of joy together and uh, you sort of see why they uh, it, it makes sense now uh, as to the the story they they painted earlier the two bleak episodes and what they were doing running around basically like bounty hunters but they still have a bounty to get here but yet they've cleaned their lives up so is it going to take them off course is it going to are they just going to continually drink the kool-aid and stay in wonderland or are they going to take the blue pill or whatever it was <laughs> so i'm in a fantastic writing and sean murphy one of the best one of my favorite artists currently and of all time fantastic work his lines are gorgeous each panel is just like looking at a beautiful piece of art the way he captures that japanese feel yet infuses it with this strange modern day technology perfect out of this world 10 and uh, it's it's going to be reprinted it's going to be massively collected just just jump on the train get on the japanese bullet train and get on this and you will not be disappointed. So there you go. There is the top seven picks of the week. Sorry if I screwed the numbers up. And that was November 11th. Fantastic. Next week, I think I have 
13. So it's going to be a good week as always. And uh, thank you for very much for tuning in. And please, if you already haven't, uh, hit me up on iTunes at Sunspots Comics. If you're, of course, listening to that through iTunes. And hit me up with a five-star review. And if you don't mind, just post a little positive blurb there. I'd really appreciate it. It helps uh, make the show, you know, the love of the show enhance and, and look good. And maybe one day I'll get picked on that spotlighted podcast thing. That'd be crazy. I heard that uh, those folks get grazillions of hits or something nuts like that. But, um, yeah, it, if you could, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. And don't forget, of course, to follow um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. So that's going to do it. That's That'll be our show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll be talking to you next week when we do issue number 30. It's going to be fun. And please, again, check out Zombie Destroyers. The website has a little splash there, blurb there. The comic book is coming. I can't wait. It's just... Uh, it's just uh, my heart can't hold uh, it all in anymore. It just has to put it there on that site, Zombie Destroyers. Anyway, um, have a good one. And, oh, of course, don't forget, don't leave home without... Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Don't forget to wash your hands with a big load of squirting soap or something. I don't know.